Thank you for hitting download and subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today I'm with Dante Ludstrom once again. He's a returning guest of the show. We're going to talk about UFC 218. It was this past Saturday night, live on pay-per-view. It was one of the best shows they've had all year. It was amazing. Uh, for those who don't know, I've been in Atlanta for like the last two weeks or so. I've been trying to keep people updated on Twitter. I had a family emergency over the holidays for Thanksgiving. Uh, everything's all and well now, so it's all good. Thanks for anyone who's reached out during that time. But just want to let you guys know that that's why this has taken so long to do this review. Uh, but here we are now. Before we get started, Dante, let the people know how you're doing, dude. Doing well, doing well. I'm uh, happy to be here. Grateful. Thanks for having me, man. Definitely one of the things I'm thankful for. Um, <clears throat> but all is well. Uh, we've uh, had a lot of good action going on here recently, and I'm uh, excited to recap. Yeah, man. And happy late birthday to Dante. His birthday was yesterday. So everyone wish him a happy birthday in the Fight Talk podcast fan world. Yes, that's what it was. Uh, happy uh Happy birthday to myself. I was sick pretty much the entire time, so I've just been laying low. That is a wonderful birthday gift to me. So. <laughs> yeah, getting some rest for your birthday. Yeah, so uh, just uh, just laying low. Getting old. All right. So let's talk some UFC 218. Uh, before the main card, one fight we definitely have to mention is Yancey Medeiros and Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Jeez. Yeah. Fight of, fight of the year contender for sure. It was, I mean, two guys who just completely threw down. Uh, Medeiros got the win. I do want to mention, as far as my predictions uh, that were on Twitter, and it's, it's funny, it's really weird, small world. I actually did, I kind of like quoted a tweet from uh, some guys I like a lot on Twitter and on YouTube, MMA on Point. So shout out to them, uh, MMA on Point, once again on YouTube. They do awesome videos, and they're actually uh, local around the Nashville, Tennessee area, as well as the UK. Pretty cool company. But I did my picks uh, kind of uh, because they were putting picks up. And I said, hey, I'll put some up too. And a lot of the time, me and Scotty Riggs, who's actually a WCW and ECW wrestler from the 90s, who I grew up watching, we do picks pretty often on Twitter together and watch kind of the shows kind of as fans at the same time. So it's like it's crazy, these small world things and the people you wind up kind of meeting throughout predictions and just talking about MMA on Twitter and social media uh, at Fight Talk underscore, by the way, on Twitter. Um, the reason I bring all this up, though, is because like we were watching the, these fights, and, and I, I was really good on my predictions. I missed one fight uh, the entire show, and we'll get to that. It was on the main card. Uh, Medeiros wound up winning the fight, but this was like either guy could have gone down at any point. Yeah. I, uh, I, I myself, I didn't. Uh, that was uh, one of the fights I did not get a chance to, uh, to watch, but uh, we had just threw on a couple of the highlights right there. I mean, those guys were. Getting after each other for sure. I was like, Jesus Christ, what is going on here? But uh, no, that that was an absolutely crazy fight. I you know been hearing the oh you know you know fight of the year candidate and stuff up until I actually got to see some of that action. But um, <clears throat> yeah, great fight. What did you um, what did you think about some of the main card? Cool. Well, yeah, we're gonna get to the main card right now. Um, one thing I want to do beforehand though, I want to shout out to Paul Felder. He's been on the the show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. My favorite show on TV. So. Repping Fight Milk on Always Sunny, and he gets the win over Charles Oliveira. It's funny because Alice Oliveira and Charles Oliveira fought back-to-back on this show, and I guarantee you some noob fans out there were like, how's it going to make him go back out there a second time? But obviously two different people. So once again, shout-out to Paul Felder. As far as the main card goes, yeah, let's talk about it right now. Uh, Tisha Torres defeated Michelle Waterson. Decision, 
obviously went all five rounds or all three rounds, mm-hmm. uh, all three five minute rounds, I should say. Yeah. Women's strawweight division. Uh, I did predict this correctly. Tisha Torres got the win. I knew this was a good matchup going in, and I really liked the fight. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one, Dante? Uh, I, it was uh, my first time actually watching her uh, her in the ring or watching a full one of her fights, but um, and saw that she had a you know a bunch of kickboxing credentials and uh, she was a very technical strike striker. So um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I thought that she she looked great. And, um, she held her own, and um, I thought that she was going to uh, finish Michelle by a rear naked there in the third. Um, I thought that was a you know good show of heart for Michelle, you know, getting out of there, getting back on top, and and you know she she had some fight in her. So I mean, there's no wonder, you know, really to me why there was no finish. But uh, Tisa looked great. So yeah, and uh, Tisha Torres, a lot of people don't know she's actually, I don't know if she's married or I don't know if they're married or if they're girlfriend girlfriend, but she's with uh, Raquel Pennington, who's I, also I, in the I UFC. They, I could have swore they said fiance. Yeah, I know it's serious. I know it's serious for sure. They're actually friends with uh, Chelsea Brooks, who's been on my podcast, uh, a female fighter who is going to be UFC or Bellator bound very shortly. I I have a good feeling about that. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I I could have swore they said fiancé. And um, as far as um, the the next card or the, the next fight on the card there, that was a great fight. Oh, dude, yeah, let's talk about it. Eddie Alvarez defeated Justin Gaethje. TKO, or, or knockout, just straight knockout, I should say, and knee in the third round. This fight was my fight of the night, I think. I mean, the uh, Medeiros and Cowboy fight was nuts, mm-hmm. but, I mean, th- this Alvarez-Gaethje fight, like, it lived up to the hype. Like, this is one of those fights that going into it, everyone was like, this could be fight of the year, and I think it totally delivered. I, this is actually the one fight I was wrong on uh, the whole show. I took Gaethje to win this one. Yeah. Uh, but, fuck, Alvarez, I mean, you it's hard to pick against him. I just thought Gaethje was, like, a, a difficult matchup for him, younger, stronger, at least I thought. Mm. Alvarez is boxing nuts. Talk about this fight, dude. No, so, I mean, overall, um, I had Gaethje uh, going into the fight as well, um, just overall size-wise, and then I was just thinking here, too, with uh, you know Alvarez taking... Uh, you know, just overall mindset after um, after the L's recently. Um, I took you know I took Gaethje going into it, but um, <clears throat> yeah, Alvarez himself. He I think it was just if if there to me the main factor was just his overall experience. Um, you know, knowing exactly how to approach the fight with uh, you know young cat coming in at at uh, what was he eighteen and I think something uh, like that. Yeah, <clears throat> but you know, just coming in being undefeated, and uh, he definitely took some damage. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Alvarez was definitely hurting. I think that between um, Alvarez, uh, Alvarez, uh, Gaethje, uh, Yancey, Alex, and Jose were the five. You know, the, the the five fighters got transported to the hospital after after the fight. So they both definitely paid for it. Uh, Gaethje, I think, learned his lesson, or you know, learned a lesson. Lesson, I should say. I don't think that you know he'll be gone by any means. But um, <clears throat> yeah, Alvarez just pulled his experience out. You know, took 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 it on the chin and. You know, you get a W under his belt. So. Yeah, and you were right. I just looked it up. Uh, Gaethje was 18-0 going into that fight. So, I mean, just there's really not a whole lot I can say about this other, other than people need to watch this fight. And Alvarez was masterful with his boxing. I mean, I was watching it with my brother, who is a boxing cornerman, uh, you know, trains boxers on a daily basis. And while we were watching the fight, he was 
so impressed with the body shots. He was like, this is what people are yeah. missing in MMA. Like, this yeah. is what people need to be doing, the strikers. And it's funny because, like, you were the guy who really turned me on to Lomachenko. Mm -hmm. And, like, when I see that kind of striking, now I'm starting to see more of that kind of striking in MMA, too. Right. And I think Alvarez is, has got to be a fan of his. Of and, course. You know, yeah, uh, you're exactly right. I'd say, uh, you know, straight up body shots, uh, you know, especially with the hands are one of the most, uh, you know, underused weapons as well as, you know, proper leg kicks. I mean, uh, you know, there's your body physically cannot take a liver punch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was rooting to talk about that all day. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Like it physically cannot. And then the leg kicks, if you're, if you're chopping away, those things all add up. So I agree with you. Uh, he was ripping his body, man. And um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if that was, like, something that just more recently came up for Alvarez or, like, if he picked that up kind of after the McGregor fight because McGregor threw him hands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. McGregor I don't know if that's, like, uh, you know, after, after that. But um, now he he, uh, he definitely was, was taking taking that opportunity when it was available. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised to see more guys, you know, I mean, obviously body shots have been around forever in combat sports. You know, MMA, it, it's... It's not like a new thing, but it's something that's not used enough. And Alvarez proved that right there. That's, I think, the main reason he beat Gaethje was because he was hitting him with those body shots. And you could tell Gaethje was, was he, he couldn't weather the storm after a while. Like it just after after a while, you can't breathe. Your your body's hurting. You know, mm -hmm. your liver, like you said, your liver, your ribs. You yeah. know, everything is just hurting. It's hard it to walk around. To it hurts to breathe. That's a great point. So, uh, you know, huge win to Eddie for Eddie Alvarez on that show. Good for him. Yep. And that positions him right back in there in that mix at the top of the lightweight division because, I mean, will he fight, you know, Connor again? I highly doubt it. I right. don't think there's any demand for that. But, you know, I could see him maybe fighting Ferguson at some point soon. I mean, that'd, that'd be a great stylistic matchup. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be a good fight to watch. Mm -hmm. um, although I would take Ferguson in that one as well. 100%. Uh, all right. Up next, we have a flyweight matchup uh, Henry Cejudo defeating Sergio Pettis. This is pretty much what I expected, yeah. other than, you know, I, I thought Cejudo, I mean, he could have just wrestled him the entire time. Like, mm -hmm. Cejudo literally could have just taken Sergio down, laid on for five rounds, done some ground and pound. But, I mean, it looked like Cejudo's, you know, hands were better than Sergio's also. He just got completely outclassed in this one, I think. Yeah, no, 100% domination. Um, uh, and the only reason I think that Cejudo didn't just completely, um, you know, out-wrestle him, I mean, he's a... He's a gold, you know, gold medaling, uh, winning uh, wrestler. Yeah, only uh, one ever in the UFC. I mean, that's yeah. He, I mean, it's just nuts. I mean, if you watch the some of the takedowns in there, that is world class. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's almost nothing you can do about it. Um, but you know, again, uh, with even though Sehuda's pretty uh, fairly new with it, um, with MMA as a whole, right? Uh, he's been trying to showcase and and demonstrate his. Uh, his striking, like in his last fight with, uh, what's that uh, Brazilian guy, guy's name that uh, <clears throat> that he just fought uh, uh, Demetrius Maidamus Johnson for, uh, for the most consecutive title win? Ray or, Borg? Uh, no. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, who's the Brazilian guy right before Oh, that? before him was Wilson Hayes. Yeah, Wilson Hayes. Uh, he destroyed Wilson oh, Hayes. Oh, destroyed him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think he's just been trying to put his striking on more display here. Uh, recently, as opposed to just every, I mean, everyone knows that you're you're gonna lose with wrestling. Um, so he's been trying to tone up his overall <clears throat> his overall spectrum. I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, you know, actually, after that fight with uh, Cejudo and Hayes, I I actually 
you know, like so Cejudo fought Hayes, and and right before that is when the Demetrius Johnson fight fell off with Ray Borg. Like they wound up eventually doing it, but there was it got postponed that mm-hmm. Ray Borg Demetrius Johnson fight, and right after that Cejudo fight, uh, with Wilson Hayes, I honestly was like. I'm cool with Cejudo getting another title shot over Ray Borg mm-hmm. at this point. Like, even though we had seen Cejudo get completely murked by DJ in their in their first fight, you know, they've only fought once at this point. But right. I think Cejudo is a better fighter since then. I still think Demetrius Johnson, you know, he just figures out ways to beat everybody mm-hmm. at everything. Yeah. Uh, but Cejudo is is really that he's already treading on like that Uriah Faber type, like kind of where Frank Edgar is right now, kind of right. level of like. You know, guys that are right underneath mm-hmm. that that title, but like always going to be like number two. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Even though they're all great, and they they there's a, they always have that strong chance of possibly winning. You know, in the title shot. Yeah, like Joseph Benavidez is another perfect example. He's like, you know, it's like you can't give him a fourth fight with Mighty Mouse, but he beats everyone else in the division. So. Right, right. So I mean, in the in that, <clears throat> um, you know, in that division there, uh, who would you say necessarily would uh, in that 125-pound division, who would you say would... I, I'd say Cejudo would probably be next in line um, as far as contender-wise to to fight DJ if he were to fight again. He would be, but they're going to make the Dillashaw fight. They have to. DJ Dillashaw so, going down to 125 has to happen. At least Dana White saying that it's going to. I saw that too. Um, what do you think of, What do you think about that? I'd rather see so that. That's so tough. Oh, oh I, yeah, yeah, 100%. The, the thing at this point with Demetrius Johnson for me is that... He, you know, he beat the this record that Anderson Silva held, the consecutive title record. It's, I mean, it's impressive. Like, there's no doubt about the fact that he's in that conversation, I think, for greatest of all time. I don't know if he's there yet, but he's way up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he's in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But he can't really be taken seriously in that conversation until he beats someone like TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. Because TJ Dillashaw, in my opinion, is such a higher level, especially right now, being a current champion. He, I mean, he arguably beat Dominic Cruz. Like, he may have, you know, depending on the, who the judges were that night, he might have never lost that title at Bantamweight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that was a really close fight that he lost that title uh, to Dominic Cruz. So, I think that, I think stylistically, it's an insane fight. Like, because both guys are so good at everything. And it's really hard for me to even make a prediction like this early on because mm-hmm. the biggest X factor for that fight for me at this point is knowing if TJ can be as good with that extra ten pound weight cut or not. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I gotta see how he makes that that cut, how healthy he looks. But the flip side is he could be faster at one twenty five. Like he could be, uh, you know. I, mean, I doubt it with weight cut and stuff and everything. Like if anything, that's going to make you a little bit weaker. I, I I think that you're right. I mean that's that would be my my thought also. I'm just trying to think like. Well, I mean technically, if you're if you're going through it, I'd say would be even less. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, Mighty Mouse doesn't get too much pull with with his negotiations in the UFC. <laughs> Uh, I don't, you know, Dana doesn't uh, doesn't sway more on his side than anything. But what would be safer for Mighty Mouse is if he were to go up to that one thirty five pound, because uh, he's fought there. Uh, you know, he can be under. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's that's not the issue. He, it would be a way easier weight cut for him, and um, you know, then he could solidify it that way, um, knowing that you know Dillashaw's already going to have to cut weight. You know what I'm saying? And that's a possibility too. I mean, Mighty Mouse. 
he's really, I mean, he's lost a couple times at Bantamweight, but, like, the, really the only one that was anywhere recent was his loss to Dominic Cruz. Mm-hmm. Like, that, you know, and that was a decision when Cruz was the champion. So, you know, Mighty Mouse at 135 is still going to be world-class, and he could, I mean, it's a, it's a great fight at either weight, but I think the reason that they need to do it at uh, 125 is, well, I think for two reasons. One reason being that, for me, at least in my opinion, this is just me personally, and I, a lot of people probably disagree. I think it weakens the Demetrius Johnson like all time best argument if he has to come outside of his weight class to try to prove, like kind of how dominant he was at one twenty five. Yeah, I see what you're saying. you know what I mean because like, it's just one of those things where like if, you know you wiped out the one twenty five division so hardcore that mm-hmm. like if you can also do that to TJ Dillashaw, you're literally just that much better than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. you know like. And obviously, if he did at one thirty five, it still means a really big deal. The the other, uh, there was a second reason that I had for that that I didn't think they would. Oh, also because if TJ uh, Doshaw is going to stay at bantamweight, like look at the dudes who are waiting for title shots. I mean, like Dominic yeah. Cruz has like a legitimate case to get a title shot, like right now, yeah. like for the most part. Like, uh, there's I, obviously like Cody Garbrandt, like he's mm-hmm. still going to be in that mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Dotson has a win over TJ Doshaw. Now he is moving up the ranks at Bantamweight also. Mm-hmm. So like there's, so it's one of those things where like, there's no one at flyweight left for DJ. So for TJ to come down, that makes sense for DJ to go up. It's like, well, obviously DJ is like one of the best of all time. He can do whatever he wants. But I mean, what, what are DJ's chances against Cruz again? What are his chances against, uh, Garbrandt? What are his chances against, you know, Dodson again. Dodson almost knocked him out the first time they fought, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, that's just my reasoning behind it, but we'll see what happens. The, the good thing is it actually gives Demetrius Johnson something incredibly interesting for fans to look forward to that the UFC can actually promote as mm-hmm. a big, major fucking Demetrius Johnson pay-per-view event because exactly. they rarely get behind him like that. No, no, not at all. And I mean, um, you know, that's kind of the main reasons why when it didn't happen... In however many months, however many months ago, when it was you know kind of being talked about and starting to be brewed up, and you know Dana was pushing hard for it and stuff, and like he was you know, dogging Demetrius for not taking some it. shade, yeah. hard shade, you know, saying he's you know the lowest lowest selling pay per viewer and you know whatever, mm-hmm. um, and and you know this and that and the other. So, um, you know, promotion wise and marketing wise, yes, that is a big you know big big payday, big everything for um, for DJ and uh, and a huge legacy builder. Well, and. We'll just touch on this briefly, and then we'll move on to the the last two fights, which were amazing. But we were talking about it before we started recording, unrelated to this, but just because it's kind of coming up. I don't know how the UFC has such a hard time marketing Demetrius Johnson when he's a streaming gamer on Twitch, where like they could easily just be like plugging him on that every mm-hmm. now and then, and like he already has this like built-in audience of video game fans that like don't even really watch the ufc mm-hmm. it's like you could be co-promoting these things with like he's a likable guy that has like a fan base in in multiple areas like not just fighting also in, like the, this the video game world is huge it's a lot of people and he's really well known in that world it sucks that he you know he can't wear the xbox sponsorships anymore because of the reebok deal that's really fucked up in my opinion like that sucks mm-hmm. um but Demetrius Johnson is a marketable guy, so it's just, it's kind of wild that he's possibly the best fighter ever, you know, arguably, and mm-hmm. 
he's still in this position, like, marketability-wise. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'd say, you know, just watching throughout the years, I'd say it's pretty picky-choosy, depending on who it is. I mean, like, for instance, DC didn't get marketed huge until pretty much up and coming to his John Jones fights, um, you know, about three, four years ago. Even though DC was undefeated. At heavyweight and light heavyweight, yeah. Murked the heavyweight division. Uh, then came down and murked everyone up until the point where, you know, it's time to time come John Jones. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, second second John Jones fight, had he not been roided up, he probably would have beat his ass. Dude, he um, was beating his ass for a little while there. I mean, that was... And that's, you know, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so, you know, it's pretty picky-choosy, but, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, hey, let's talk about uh, someone beating someone's ass uh, this next fight. Heavyweight matchup, Francis Ngannou defeated Alistair Overeem with a punch in the first round. Nasty. Yeah, probably the nastiest punch in UFC history. Like, I can't think of anything. Like, I mean, Anthony Johnson has slept some people. Like, Johnny Hendricks has skidded some people across the octagon. There have been some good ones, but I've never seen... And the other thing is, Overeem is a K-1 world champion kickboxer. Like, yeah, you just got clocked. He's the most decorated striking heavyweight, you know. Pretty much ever. And uh, this this fight here was actually the reason why I decided to actually purchase this card. I was, you know, just kind of sitting in bed, chilling, whatever. And, uh, um, you know, I just got my little guy to sleep. And I was just like, ah, well, you know, what should I do? Ended up, you know, kind of flipping through and, and, and bought it through through my station. <clears throat> and uh, anyways, along the short of it, this was the main reason why I bought this card. And... Um, you know, ran downstairs, grabbed something to drink, came back up uh, in between the Sehudo and this fight. And, um, you know, it, it was pretty much like, you know, good good minute in the first round of uh, Overeem and, and Nagano, you know, kind of getting after each other. And um, that left hand, I think it was, I mean, the biggest thing is it was like the first connected punch. Yeah. Um, I thought he killed him. Yeah. Like, I yeah. legitimately thought he killed that man. Like, he snapped his head back, like, his feet damn near came off the ground. And his toes were stiff as a board for, like, three to five minutes. Um, yeah, Cause you know, everyone was uh, promoting, uh, you know, Nagano as uh, uh, you know, he's the future. He's the best heavyweight that had like that short, you know, 10 short minute little, you know, short on him uh, for about 10 minutes on our UFC channel talking about, oh, dude, this dude's a freaking beast and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I decided to get it. And I don't know. I mean, he might be in the fucking future. This guy is massive. Uh, and he is uh, the only word to describe uh, what happened to uh, Overeem in, in, in the first connected left uppercut is just utter devastation. Oh, yeah. It's even more devastating when you figure in the, the fact that you're correct. It was his left hand. It was a left. It was like a left uppercut, basically. Mm -hmm. And his stronger hand is his right hand. So, I mean, that's kind of insane to think that. Dude, that's nuts. <laughs> and, yeah. and they were like testing him at the at the freaking um, performance institute. Yeah, like and, strongest like, recorded. Strongest <laughs> recorded punch. And like, yeah, I mean, you never know, you know, where, where all that comes from. Yeah, we get, you know, these are, you know, so-called top of the line, you know, people and stuff. But dude, I mean, we don't forget that Overeem is also 6'4", like, you know, walks around probably a good 260, 265 himself. And um, <clears throat> Ganu... He weighed in at what, like two sixty three, two sixty four. Yeah, mean, mm -hmm. that dude is just. I mean, that's all muscle. That's like just solid. You know what I'm saying? Dude, like, well, think about this. Oh yeah, that's all true. But I mean, think about this too. If you watch the the clip of it, he does that as Overeem's hitting him in the head. Like Overeem's punching him in the in the head, like in, in like completely no sells it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, 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 Nganu is not phased by Overeem's punch whatsoever. Yeah. And knocks him out as he's getting hit. And, like, like Alistair Overeem, when he hits people in the head, like, you react to it. Yeah. Somebody's going to move. Someone's going to flinch. Yeah, like there's something's some, gonna happen. some change. There was no change. And he knocks him out with his weak hand. Yeah. Uh, so-called weak. Well, I can't say, obviously. And yeah. Then, and, and, <laughs> I don't and, mean that. And, he's... and then you saw the hammer fist come down after. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that's what caused the the, the, the three to five minute knockout right there oh, was gosh. the six four two hundred and sixty four pound solid man coming down on you with like just a oh my god. So yeah, uh, that 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 first punch that connected uh, was well worth the money that I spent and and the reason why I purchased that card. Um, because that was that was devastating. Stipe versus uh, Nagano is going to be be pretty nuts. I even think, uh, yeah, you know, Stipe, because he's always been fairly underrated in the majority of his fights. Um, I mean, granted, he doesn't just get fuck, you know, fucking pieced in the first round like everybody else in the heavyweight division, or you know, just don't get touched by Nagano. <laughs> like, just just don't yeah. get touched. You. You know, do that backpedal thing and, you know, do what you did to uh, For Doom. Um, but that's going to be a, a, a pretty decent fight, too. I'm, I'm definitely tuning in for that one. Oh, yeah, dude. And it sounds like they might be doing that sooner than later also, like possibly January, February, because Nganu obviously took no damage in this one, and Stipe hasn't fought in, like, six months. He's been uh, negotiating contracts with the UFC, and it sounds like they're in a good spot there. So, And they've got a huge fight on their hands. I mean, Nganu versus Stipe... For my money, on paper, that's the most exciting UFC heavyweight fight I can remember maybe ever. I mean, mm-hmm. I, like two incredibly high-level strikers who could knock the other out, you know, just it's nuts. And Nganu kind of came not necessarily out of nowhere because he had beaten and knocked out um, Andre Arlovsky before this. But on on top of that, I mean, yeah, he was coming off of how many knockouts in a row? One, two, three, four. Four knockouts of submission. And then two more knockouts before, you know, this. And Stipe is coming off of, like, four or five knockouts in a row. I don't have it pulled up, but, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's like the perfect storm. And Nganu, I saw on the betting lines, has opened as the favorite for the fight, too. He's, like, at minus 160 for the fight, which is still close, but Nganu's the favorite as of right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, that's just... <clears throat> Who do you that... think is going to win that one? I, I see ways that um, all right. So here here's my thing. If it's if it's within the first three rounds, Nagano. If it goes to five rounds, it's definitely Stipe. I yeah, I understand. We're, I understand your mindset on that. Um, and that's just because this. Uh, like I said, the reason why I bought this fight was for this card. I'd heard about Nagano. I wanted to see him fight for myself, and just you know, just for my judgment off of that, and looking at some of his highlights, you know, from prior and stuff. And but I I think that Stipe fights very smart and he understands that if he can weather the typically we haven't seen it yet, but typically guys that are that large, um, uh, you know, sprint, uh, you know, sprint like that. And I mean, you saw the punch that he threw. Oh yeah. Um, you know, if That's you have insane. stuff coming like, like that at you for, you know, the multitude of, you know, about 15 minutes, um, and you understand that you can weather the storm. And if you have good cardio, you can deal with them in rounds four and five. That's, Technically, how you can beat a guy like Nagano, I personally would try my, um, you know, try my chances on the ground. But that's, that's a great point. I think that would be wise of Stipe, because I don't, I don't know if anyone in the world, like in 
I mean, even in like the world of boxing and kickboxing and stuff, I don't know if anyone could fuck with Nganu like as far as like if he, if he hits you, I don't know who's gonna be able to, to oh, no. deal with I that. Mean, no, if he hits you, I don't care if you're Anthony Joshua, um, or I don't care if you are. That'd be fun um, to watch. Deontay, Holy shit. Yeah, or, or Deontay <laughs> right, Wilder. Yeah. Like I don't care. Uh-huh. Maybe Deontay Wilder could, uh, you know, at least piece yeah. him. Um, but yeah. Oh no. yeah. This, I mean, the hands that those dudes have is. It's a different thing for sure, but that fucking power of Engano. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> that was how that fight went. <laughs> like, yeah, geez, just devastation. Shout out to Engano for uh, <coughs> for you know the the call out after the fight. He like grabbed the microphone and like said you know to end slavery and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I mean, it's why not? I mean, you have a microphone in your hand. You really don't have any better representative. I mean, the dude is like, I mean. Like the night, he has a crazy story. Like he's like the nicest dude in the world, but came here from like, I'm not even honestly sure what country he originally came over here from. But mm-hmm. it sounds like he his his like life story, like the fact that he's in the spot he's in right now, and like has the kind of stage that he's able to have, is absolutely incredible. And he looks like a fucking superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, where is it from Cameroon? Yeah. I'm not even 100% sure exactly where that is. I'm 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 trying to find it right now. From, oh, Central Africa. So, I mean, this is a dude who's like, he's a great face of the company as well. I mean, he's a guy who's saying the, the smart thing. I mean, I like, the, I like that, he, that he did this after the fight. And I saw some jokes online that were actually pretty funny. They were saying like, Imagine being a racist and stuck next to Francis Ngannou on, like, a train after that fight mm-hmm. and being like, you know what? I don't think I'm racist anymore. <laughs> you know what? Like, yeah. my brother was saying, like, Im- imagine somebody trying to, like, bring that dude into slavery. Like, imagine somebody being, like, like barging into a house and seeing that in front of you. Yeah. The dude will kill you if you try to put your hands on him. Yeah, exactly. Like, so good for Francis Ngannou because I mean it was really fucked up seeing all that stuff in the news like a couple weeks ago or whatever it was that like mm-hmm. that stuff is still actually happening. So once again, props to Francis Ngannou for saying something about it on a big stage at a big show after a big win. I mean, yeah. why not? I think it was a smart thing to do, and I, it's a good message. I agree. Um, after that, we had the main event of the evening: Max Holloway defeating Jose Aldo in their rematch. TKO uh, punches in the third round. Max Holloway is just on another level right now. His yeah, reach, his size, yeah, it's great. Yeah, talk about it, man. I mean, he just, he just. I mean, Aldo had some good moments. Aldo can still beat top level guys, but Holloway's a terrible matchup for him. Uh, you know, I agree with that. Um, I'll get to this, or I'll get to that in just a second. But overall, you know, Umbrella Max, Max looked so good. Um, I liked the way from pretty much the beginning that uh, you know because because. Jose was a little bit, uh, you know, tentative at the very beginning. He was trying to take his time and be patient, pick his strikes. Um, but I loved how, you know, Holloway was the one thing that I've learned about Holloway here in his last four or five fights and that I respect him for is that guy is ready to bang. You know what I'm saying? Like he loves to bang with people and like, that's, that's entertaining. That's fighting. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I view as fighting. Like, you know, forget all the you know you, you know forget all the pussy stuff. Like let's let's stand here and let's bang. Like let's see who's who's the who's the better man. You know what I'm saying? He does right. that, and that he lured uh, Aldo into. I'd say more so you know, 
first part of second round, but especially by the third round, he had lured him into that into that back and forth, let's trade thing. And uh, that's the game that he wins, especially with, you know, Jose's mindset more so being kind of what it is. I think I think Jose's got to be done, man. What do you think? I think he's got to hang up the jersey. Honestly, like, I think he kind of has the right to do whatever he wants to do. Like, I would say that if if he was older, maybe. And now he, it's it's he's like an anomaly because he's like 31 years old. So he's still technically in his, like, around his physical prime. Right. Like age wise, mm-hmm. but he's been the top guy of that division for like ten years from like such a young age that like it's just I don't know if I've really seen something like this before where someone was so accomplished with so many fights with such a long title reign, but but is only thirty one right now and yeah. like is really only losing to the champion. Like he's lost to Holloway twice and he's lost to McGregor. Yeah, that's it. But I, I guess the biggest thing with that is, is like when somebody, you know, sparks for so long, they have that drive, they're, um, you know, in their mind, they're a killer and stuff. Like he had beaten a bunch of top talent, even up until the point where he, um, you know, got to the UFC. Um, I think that obviously, <clears throat> was it, he was at Strikeforce before? WBC. Before uh, they, before like, they absolved, like, yeah, they, well, they were always, they were both under the same, like, Zufa umbrella. Mm-hmm. Of some kind, like they were sister companies, and then they absent, yeah, eventually like absorbed it, yeah. Okay, so before you know they absorbed, you know the the people in weight classes, however you want to phrase that, right? Um, yeah, obviously UFC has been top, you know the best of the best and top talent for for years. He was the only champion at that weight until McGregor slept in, right? So, and I think that you know, case in point, as soon as he you know got somebody that literally broke him down, um, and I, I just feel like he got broken. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's how I feel. Um, I could see it, you know, kind of in, in kind of his approach. And, you know, I respect him for going ahead and trying to, you know, he's with Robert Garcia over the last, you know, however many months that he's been training, working on his boxing and, you know, trying to touch stuff up. Um, especially at this point in his career, <clears throat> um, I think that Joe Rogan had said it in the commentary of the fight. But the, the dude's a freaking uh, black belt, uh, Brazilian black belt, uh, he's black belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, we don't we don't see that. Never, he never uses it. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, we get, it, but you don't need to be standing up here and trading with these guys that bang or you know that are super unorthodox and 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 will sleep you like McGregor. Like, uh, you eventually, yeah, you, we you know chop their legs away. You know, play that game plan out. As soon as you get to the ground, you know you you still roll every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, <clears throat> I don't know. I think that he yeah, at least needs to change his, his approach if he's going to continue to do it. But if he's not going to change, you know, up some of the ways here where he's dealing with some of the elite and these guys that are just doing, you know, ridiculous things and, you know, just so above, well above average and excellent that he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to switch it up a bit or he's going to have to bounce. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. And and it's definitely a case of kind of the old guard and the new guard. You know, like Max Holloway, I think, is riding like a 12-fight win streak yeah. also. I mm-hmm. mean, he's... He's breaking, like, every featherweight record that there is as far as, like, the most strikes landed in a round and the mm-hmm. most strikes landed in a fight. And the mo- and he's only, I'm going to look this up, but I think he's 25 right now. Yeah, he's really young. 26. Born December 4th. Oh, well, happy late birthday. To him, yeah. Um, him and I didn't know him and I had the same birthday. That's wild. Yeah. Um, 26, he just turned 26 years old yesterday. So, well, um, he's, wow. He's still hungry. That's yeah. what I like. He said that at the end, too, in the uh, Octagon interview. He was talking about 
And they were like, yeah. Because Joe was, uh, you know, Rogan was saying to him, yeah, you know, if you've beaten one of the best, you know, the best featherweight of all time, you know, you know, wouldn't that make you the best featherweight, uh, you know, of all time? And he goes, he, he said, nah, nah. He said, you know, I still got, <clears throat> he said, you know, he had a lot, he, he still has a bunch of above me. Like I still have to catch up to him. I mean, hats off to him. You know, the respect that he sh- uh, showed to, to Jose. He said, I've still got a while ago and then maybe we can talk about it. So. Um, I like, you know, I like his mindset. I think that he actually will be there for a while. Um, I think for, for Holloway, you know, outside of a few of maybe a couple other, um, <clears throat> you know, defenses, um, I really don't see who's really going to beat him. Uh, I like Brian Ortega. He's got that big fight with Cub Swanson coming up. They're main eventing a show like in a couple of weeks. Yeah. That'll be a good, that'll be a real good one. I think if he beats Cub and he beats the guy with experience, he'll be really close to that title shot. Um, but McGregor, you know, Lord knows if he's ever going to do anything. Right. Um, but if he were, you know, of course he'll do something with a lightweight first. Um, if, you know, Lord knows what he would do, but he, he can only cut the featherweight, um, you know, for so long that that weight cut's been getting hard on him. Uh, the last couple of times he did go down and fight at featherweight. Like if you look at photos of him like now and like kind of how he is and walking around at normal weight and vacation and, hundred million dollar weight you know what i'm saying if you look at him now compared to like some of the weigh-ins and stuff that he had for the 145 i mean his face was sunken in and whatnot so he's not going to be able to cut down featherweight for very much longer if he wanted to prove a point and you know fight max you know somebody he's already beaten again just to take the belt or say he could take the belt it would have to be sooner than later but i doubt that that would ever happen yeah and no i know you just mentioned like they'd be fighting again but that was also like, on, like, the prelims of McGregor's first fight in the UFC, and, like, Holloway hadn't hit his stride yet, really. So, like, right. it was really before either guy. Like, honestly, you know, I haven't thought about it a whole lot. I was just kind of thinking about it while we were talking about just scenarios in, like, the lightweight division, especially because we don't know what's going on with McGregor, how long, if and when he'll ever come back. Uh, same with Nate Diaz. There's, like, a lot of stuff it could be McGregor made of. Like, he's going to be... In the mix, he's fighting uh, Edson Barbosa this month, mm-hmm. and that's a huge fight. But, I mean, there's stuff going on in the lightweight division, but a fight that I would really, really love to see is Max Holloway versus Tony Ferguson at a lightweight. I think that fight would be insane. Mm-hmm. If Max Holloway could get by Tony and get that interim title mm-hmm. and then do him versus Connor again, because mm-hmm. I, would, I would love to see Holloway and McGregor fight again. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that... Of all the stylistic fights that Connor could have, it's almost one of those things where, like, it's almost a toss-up between me wanting to see him fight Tony or Max, but if the two of them were to fight each other for some reason, because those two guys look so similar when they fight to me, like, because they're just, like, the new breed of just well-rounded everything, mm-hmm. and they have a similar build. Like, I think that that kind of fight, like, I don't, I mean, it's really far-fetched, it's out there, but, like, that fight would be crazy and then the winner of that versus connor would be easily the most difficult test connor's ever had to deal with in the ufc you know i'm i i i see what you're saying but um as far as their their styles to me is um you know they're they both are that newer generation you know well you know well-rounded and just about everything um they're both you know, have very different, um, you know, style stylistic matchups versus Connor. I don't think Connor wants to fight Ferguson. Oh, I don't think he wants to fight either of these guys. Well, I don't know if you saw on social media, 
Connor, did you see uh, Connor's Instagram post of him in the background with I Miss These Sunglasses? Oh, yeah, when, uh, when Hallway's eyes are black from the, yeah, from but, the first Yeah, and Connor's in the background. Yeah, oh, I didn't even realize he was in the background. Yeah, he was in the background oh, with the sunglasses on. I didn't realize. So I saw that picture, but like from what I saw, it only showed Max Max's face. I think it was like a small, like a thumbnail or something that I saw. I didn't realize. Yeah, no, Connor's in the background sitting there um, staring, and Max's face is all bruised and battered. So that's why he, <laughs> from the time that he had beat him the first time. So that was the whole point of, you know, him him just being an asshole. Right. Um. <clears throat> and Ferguson's even kind of said it before. He said, um, you know, like, here's that photo. He's in the back there. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't realize. Okay. So, gotcha. yeah, Holloway's face is all tore up, and Connor's back there looking, you know, peering in the background. But um, going back to what I was saying, Ferguson has even said, Connor's never said my name once. Like, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't say anything. And Ferguson's a weird guy. You know what I'm saying? He like, he'd uh, almost in a way, like, has a couple screws loose. Like, when it comes, like, he's the type of guy that'll kill somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just, he's just really weird. And, like, his style's, yeah. like, super unorthodox. Like, he does the, um, you know, he does, like, you know, weird kicks and weird stuff. Like, he has a great ground game. I just, I don't know. I see a lot of problems, um... I see a lot. I mean, I mean, you know how big of a McGregor fan I am, but I mm-hmm. see a lot of problems with Ferguson um, versus McGregor, especially even just their hunger for the sport now. And that's why I think that kind of wouldn't even want to do anything like that. Yeah, I think that also has to do with his, you know, his kind of, I don't know what you call it, preference, I guess, to stay away from the UFC right now. He just made all this money with the McGregor or with the uh, Mayweather fight. And then, like, the only options he's really talking about in the UFC or that anyone's even really bringing up and stuff when it comes to him is like Nate Diaz and stuff. Like he's like, you know, fights that he knows he can win mm-hmm. fights that, you know, like I, him, he could definitely beat Tony Ferguson. Like Conor McGregor can knock anybody out. I think Conor McGregor could knock Tyron Woodley out if they fought at welterweight. Like, I think he has that kind of knockout power that it's possible, but yeah, I think, I think Tony Ferguson is just a really, really dangerous matchup for him. So is a guy like Nurmurga Madoff. Like, if Nurmurga Madoff got in there with McGregor, I mean, McGregor's hands are going to be way better, but Khabib could literally suplex him around the ring the entire time yeah, if he wanted to. I just got a brick head. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you may have heavy hands, but, like, if the dude, you know, has a, has a dome to, to brace for that kind of impact, like, it almost doesn't matter, you know? So, um, <clears throat> but, yes, um, you know, kind of going back to, um, you know, to the overall Holloway and Aldo conversation, I do think, um, I, I would hope at least for his own health, Aldo, you know, hangs it up. I'm excited to see what happens for Holloway next. I think he looks great. Uh, he's definitely entering his prime. I think that he he definitely may have a good couple, you know, couple years here uh, w- with the belt, and uh, I think he deserves it. So. Yeah, and, you know, if Holloway, uh, or Aldo, I should say, if Aldo does hang him up. I mean, I, I would hope the UFC would give him some sort of ambassador position with them or something. Otherwise, I could definitely see him popping up in Bellator. Maybe not to fight, but, like, you know, there's a lot of a lot of fighters, like, and this is the last thing that we'll end on, like, because it isn't really related to UFC 218, but, you know, someone asked me the other day, actually, about how desperate someone like Chuck Liddell must be to 
be considering fighting again. Like, someone was like, hey, you know, I saw something about Chuck Liddell might fight in Bellator or something. Like, why would he do that? He must be broke, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, listen, I don't really know what Chuck Liddell's financial situation is, but, you know, at one point, guys like him and Couture, um, I mean, there's a lot of them, Noguera, there's a lot of guys, Matt Hughes, a lot of guys that kind of got forced out of the sport. I mean, they, they should have retired when they did, but some of them really didn't want to. Like Liddell didn't really want to retire. He was kind of forced out of it. But they were all given these positions in the UFC where they were still getting paid by the UFC to have office jobs or to do like promotional appearances. Mm-hmm. But then when the new ownership came in, they fired all those guys. Right. So I think Forrest Griffin might have survived it. I think he might I think he's still there. There's maybe a couple others. But, you know, I'm just kind of thinking for a guy like Jose Aldo, like it'd be great if something like that existed for him. Like, you know, he's done all this for the sport. Like, give the guy it's almost like giving someone a severance package. Like for the next five, ten years, we're gonna just keep paying you to come shake people's hands outside of shows, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because what winds up happening is if these guys aren't, you know, the financially smartest with their money, which a lot of them just aren't, to be just completely honest, at some point you got to make money again and you you either go back into fighting or you're going to sign with like a rival promotion if they're willing to let you, you know, go out there and shake hands for, for money and autographs and pictures and stuff. So like there needs to be something set up somewhere. I mean, ultimately the fighter needs to be responsible for themselves. If they make good money, they need to know how to save it. But I guess what I'm getting at here is, you know, if Jose Aldo doesn't keep fighting, I hope that we don't see him in a position where, like, we see him pop up in Bellator in, like, five years and, you know, fighting, you know, Dada 5000 or whatever or some shit. Like, right. you know, I just don't want to see. Because my thing is, if he, <laughs> if he wants to keep fighting, I think the UFC should hold on to him unless he goes out there and he starts getting knocked out in, in all of his fights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. I mean, I guess, you know, that would be a nice gesture. Um, um, you know, Chuck Liddell. Uh, I know Jose Aldo has plenty of money. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, I think that he's fine money-wise. Just even if they didn't grant him something like that, you know, like I said, make, make smarter investments. Chuck Liddell's actually coming out with a show here. Like, can you, I, I don't remember the name of it, but it's like a Can You Fight show or something like that. Oh, really? Something I didn't even know like that. that. He's coming out with a show to, you know, potentially get, you know, certain local MMA fighters a little bit more. Uh, either prize money or more exposure and stuff like that too. So um, he ended up well off. Uh, hopefully the same thing happens for for Aldo too. But overall, uh, I was happy. I ended up get, getting the card, and uh, well, I guess we'll we'll kind of see what happens on some of these upcoming ones. All right, man. Well, that's it. That is the UFC 218 Fight Talk podcast review. Once again with Dante Ludstrom. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, again, man. Thanks for having me, man. Anything you want to plug? Anything? I, I know you're not much of like a not much of like a social media social dude. media guru no i'm more of a sleep and get over my sickness guru so just send good vibes this way <laughs> send to, good vibes percent there you go fair enough thanks thanks again man appreciate it all right thank you once again to dante ludstrom for coming on the show again today and thank you for listening if you liked what you heard please make sure to hit the subscribe button on itunes and google play please give me a five-star rating as well and just leave a review It helps the podcast out so much to leave a five-star rating and to leave a review that I will give you some free stuff courtesy of my sponsors that I'll mention right at the end of the show just for doing that. It just takes a few seconds out of your day, and it helps the podcast out a lot. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter as well. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. 
got a Facebook group as well to search at Fight Talk Podcast or to search the words Fight Talk Podcast. Should come up pretty much right away. Got a Twitch channel as well, same as my Twitter, at Fight Talk underscore. That's still a work in progress, but I'm kind of popping up here and there for that. My merchandise is at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, all different colors, shapes, everything. For men, women, children, whatever you're looking for, it's all there for you. If you support the podcast, I support you, and I will make sure to get you what you're looking for. But it's real easy to find my merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. Now, speaking of people that support the show, I want to mention my great sponsors, and we will get on out of here. So make sure to check out Heroes and Legends. They are a pro wrestling collectible company that specializes in memorabilia, action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, a whole bunch of different collectibles. They're a great company. They're great people. Uh, Chad, the dude who runs it, is, is a class act. He's a great dude. And they do great business. They do great business and they do fair business. They're all over the place. I'll get a set of their upcoming dates for you guys shortly. And I know they're going to have some big guests coming along with them for some of these shows. So... Make sure to stay up to date with everything that Heroes and Legends does by following them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling. Also, shout out to Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. Brian Jensen is a USA boxing instructor, a boxing coach, an MMA conditioning expert, uh, just a personal trainer. He can help you with a lot of different stuff, but he does corner professional boxers as well. So keep that in mind. If you're looking to you know learn how to throw hands, get in better shape, learn self-defense, or polish up your existing skills, Brian Jensen is the guy for you. Uh, make sure to call him or email him. His phone number is 404-316-4516. And his email is brian at delgadoboxing.net. That is B-R-Y-A-N at delgadoboxing.net. You can also be followed on Instagram at BMJMMA. And before we get out of here, last thing I want to mention is WrestleRumble.com is the best place that you can do fantasy pickums for pro wrestling. A lot of cash and prizes on the line for all the major shows. Make sure to jump on WrestleRumble.com right now. Grab yourself a t-shirt while you're there and check out all the cool stuff that they're involved with, all the different companies they're involved with. Uh, another place where this, the people are great behind what they're doing, and it's fantasy wrestling. I mean, it's the best. You pick winners and losers, stipulations, how many suplexes people are going to hit, uh, how people are going to win matches. I mean, it's a whole bunch of awesome stuff. When on the show the matches are going to happen, it's a lot of fun and a lot of prizes, a lot of cash on the line at WrestleRumble.com. Make sure to also give them a follow on Twitter, at WrestleRumble. That's it, guys. Thank you very much for listening. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm sorry there was such a long break. Uh, family stuff came up, but all is well. So happy about that, obviously. Happy to be back here in Nashville, Tennessee, and happy to continue on going forward with the Fight Talk podcast. Hopefully got some cool stuff coming up for you guys soon. Got some guests lined up from the independent pro wrestling world and possibly some more MMA guests coming up soon as well. So stay tuned for what's next. But until then, hey, thank you very much for listening, and I will be back soon. Hey,